open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host at Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. We have with us a special guest, Elena Branova. She's the CEO of Satoshi Labs, which has created the Trezor. Welcome to the podcast, Elena. Thank you so much, Trace. So, like, what is Satoshi Labs? When did it get founded? Why did it get founded? Uh, maybe you can give us some insight into that. Okay, Satoshi Labs was founded officially founded in 2013. But in that time, we already have been working on some, some projects. Actually, the first projects that we cover as an organization covering or producing innovations in Bitcoin was the slush pool. And that was the first Bitcoin mining pool ever created by one of my business partners, Marek Valatinus. He was here today with me. Another project that we do cover is coinmap.org. This is the referential map for looking for finding merchants accepting Bitcoin. Uh, that was uh, done in 2013, uh, early. But then uh, we started to work on Trezor, and this was the first actual physical product that we were about to release, and we realized, okay, uh, we should probably found a company because you have to deal with all the customs and all this <laughs> crazy stuff. So my partners before that they joined me for, to, to create Satoshi Labs have been involved professionally in Bitcoin, I was involved, let's say, academically speaking, because the way I came to, to Bitcoin was I was studying economic diplomacy, and my thesis was about the international monetary system in the current imbalances and why you know it's all screwed and why the petrodollar uh, and euro concept is not really working. So I was looking for alternatives to the system, to the to the SDR, for example, you know, the special drawing rights. And I was looking into local currencies and bam, I found out about Bitcoin. And I didn't even finish my thesis because... <laughs> Because I, I was blown away. And then we met with uh, Slash and, and Pavel uh, to, to work on Trezor together. And eventually we founded Satoshi Labs. That's the story in 2013. Yeah, so why did you create Satoshi Labs? Like, is there an underlying mission that's trying to be accomplished with it? Yes, we really want to stick to the uh, basic principles of Bitcoin. What are those? So what are those? Uh, I think Bitcoin, one of the most uh, you know, amazing properties of Bitcoin is that it's actually a private money. And this is something that a lot of Bitcoin companies have been neglecting. Uh, they have been trying to set up the same models that we use in the current world, like the Bitcoin banking, right? And I believe, you know, Bitcoin gives you power if you use it as a private tool and you keep it 
in your own pocket, as we say. You mean you holding your own keys? You hold your own keys. You know, Andreas, uh, he always likes to say, if you don't know, uh, hold your keys, you don't own the money. <laughs> and that's true. That's true. And also, we really want to bring tools for the people to be able to easily use Bitcoin without fear, you know, without needing any expertise in encryption and, and backupping and and this this kind of stuff. So Trezor, I like to I like to explain with my mother. You know, I, I tried to tell her what's Bitcoin for several months. I've been working on, on Trezor. And she was always like conf- kind of confused, you know, it's a digital money somewhere on the internet, blah blah blah. Magic internet money. Magic money, love it. right? And then I brought the first prototype of Trezor with me. And I said, you, you know, I downgraded Bitcoin a little bit. I lied a little bit. But I said, Mom, your Bitcoins are here. And she was like, oh, oh, I, I now I get it. Okay, that's cool. So I think also, you know, a hardware wallet, a physical wallet for something that's digital will help a lot of people overcome these, you know, mental, mental say, boundaries. And also, we are so much used to the concept of something physical. So even for the electronic money that we have in our banking accounts, we have a plastic card. It's a physical representation, right? So I think, you know, this is really important for the people to feel their money and have their money in their pocket. And I like it. So... We've got this hardware wallet with the Trezor. It's open sourced, right? Yes. What What other products are, are Satoshi Labs going to be coming out with? Well, we are actually uh, coming out with Trezor 2. Okay. <laughs> which is, in a way, uh, a, a different product, but it you know, continues to, to be uh, the Bitcoin wallet and the cryptocurrency wallet. But we are not just rebuilding the hardware, but we are also gradually adding really, really cool features. So what we do, we take the Trezor security design beyond Bitcoin. And that means that you can use the cryptography, you can use the the genius backup option that Trezor has and recovery option that Trezor has to secure all our digital valuables. And by that, I mean our sensitive data, our passwords, access to websites, access to computers, uh, documents, email communication. So what we did so far, we've been adding all these features to Trezor. So in the end, you will have one small device to, to protect everything that's, that really has value online. And this is something that we have not learned uh, as we you know jumped on the internet and we were like, yay, internet. <laughs> and we use internet as, as a book. And we think, oh, I'm just reading this book, but it's not. I'm giving up all my private data. You know, I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's a very open system. And people are just, you know, starting to realize how important it is to protect some, some valuables there. And we want to help. So I believe, you know, Bitcoin can outreach to to other areas of life and we try to to do this with Trezor as well. So yeah, I mean securing the bitcoins was really was a hard thing to do in those earlier days. So you guys came up with this Trezor wallet and I mean how many countries yes. have you shipped it to? Like has it been successful on the business side of things? 
Okay, so as we, when we started, it was really a hobby project. So we thought, okay, guys, let's produce 500 pieces just to send it out to the hardcore Bitcoiners, to the people we know, you know, to, so they can secure their Bitcoin as well. And uh, we started with a crowdfunding campaign. And it, it, it was such a success that our manufacturer convinced us to do uh, the first batch of 10,000 pieces. 10,000? Yes, and that was his condition as well. And we did it and we were like, oh my God, I hope you know, guys, this, <laughs> this is working out. And they were gone pretty fast. Wow, 10,000. Uh, yes, so, and we, today we uh, ship treasures to 100 countries around the world. I, honestly, I was much more humble uh, at the beginning, and uh, I did not expect that, that, that success, which, which is positive, I mean, and it gives really good vibe to the team, you know, the team is uh, really working, and they are excited about the new stuff that we're doing. And how, and how much are these treasures? Uh, they're $100 $100? Yes. So... There's an actual Bitcoin community that's There's spending actual, a significant amount of money to yes. secure their Bitcoins. Yes. And I was really surprised to see Trezor going to some countries in Africa. Some, you know, some countries I would honestly not uh, not expect to be there. Because my, my, my prior idea and our prior strategy was, okay, let's secure the, the big holders. Right, let's give them the security. But actually, we have customers contacting us saying, hey, I would like to get a treasure, but you only sell it for Bitcoins, and I don't have any Bitcoins yet. First, I want to make sure I have my treasure, and then I'm going to buy some Bitcoins. And this is really what we actually wanted to achieve, to, to have people start with Bitcoins with a peace of mind that they're not going to do any mistakes. And, you know, we tried really to focus on the flow and uh, on the user experience and to not allow them any mistakes in the process. Thanks for listening to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. Our awesome audio editor needs to eat. He makes your experience better by increasing the sound quality and decreasing the show's time by editing out unnecessary ums, ahs, pauses, and such. With only a few seconds of your time, you can support the show. Do you ever buy stuff on Amazon? Before you do, simply visit bitcoin.kn forward slash resources. You can get there from the homepage and click on one of the links. It takes you to Amazon. Then at no additional cost to you, we get a tiny percentage of anything you purchase, even if it's not that particular item. These resources, they're all my favorite hacks that have increased my quality of life. So you might learn something helpful. They range from healthy snacks to sleep optimization, meditation tools, cognitive enhancers, immune system boosters, and much more. Maybe you'll find them useful. Either way, any support is greatly appreciated. Thanks. And now back to the show. Where do you see Bitcoin going in the next three to five years? I feel, I hope, and I feel that a lot of the development um, power that has been, let's say, distributed to other projects will go back, will come back to, to Bitcoin. I really feel it, it, it's needed. There has, have been a lot of initiatives about different altcoins and, and so on. We still need a different development, but I feel it should, uh, and it will return a little bit to, to Bitcoin. I certainly hope for some services that will use Bitcoin in the background without explaining Bitcoin to people. You cannot possibly expect, you know, people from uh, Pakistan or Mongolia to uh, go understand Bitcoin if they want to do remittances. 
but I already see uh, see projects that that do this. For me personally, Bitcoin uh, gives me a lot of personal freedom and, and security at the same time. Uh, so depending on the on the political you know, evolution and on the macroeconomical state, uh, I'd assume that uh, there will be a lot more people onboarding, and I will do my best to do, to help. I will do my best to promote uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> and help them secure their Bitcoins. And help them secure their Bitcoins. Nothing's more frustrating than learning about this magic internet money, buying a little bit of it, that's and then losing it. That's very frustrating indeed. And it, it has changed, but it's still not there where I would like to see. In terms of user interface it, and, and, and ability, like just the reducing the barriers to figuring out how to use the technology. Yes. yes. So, I mean, what's Trezor... What are Satoshi Labs doing about trying to make it easier? What we like to do is uh, to give the users or the newbies uh, something like a starter pack. And this is what we're working on. So you will get a, a you know, Christmas present for your mom or for, for your friends that will contain all the, need, all the things that you need to start right away. This is something that people should go and pick at the, at the media mart. Mm-hmm. Right. It's some um, electronics market or or their favorite online store. They buy like a $25 kit yes. and it even has some Bitcoin in it yes. too. So they yes. can send it around and learn how to use it. Yes, this is something that might help. But there are other ways, of course. There are different strategies. All the companies that are in the, in the ecosystem are trying to focus somewhere. Uh, my advice is just don't focus on the banks. <laughs> well, they're too big and slow to move. Yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I've been in the banking and insurance for over a decade as a business developer. So I've been overly frustrated myself <laughs> with uh, how slow and how, you know, uh, that it, it's like Ice Age, literally. They sleep since a few decades. And I, I just had a TEDx uh, talk and that was sponsored by the biggest Czech uh, bank. And I was very openly telling the people... Like, don't go to the banks. Don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Then don't and don't even expect them to do something real about the financial inclusion of the people around the world, because they're profit-seeking companies, and that's perfectly legit, right? Mm-hmm. But they are too slow. Their systems are overly complicated and old. I know, and old and vulnerable. And vul- and security oh, vulnerabilities. Yes. Oh yes, talking about that. Uh, this is also something that people will gradually feel more and more on their own skin. And what the banks try is they try to cover it up with, you know, certain systems like insurance and uh, chip and pin cards that they uh, say they claim they are much safer. And what they achieved, for example, I saw some study in the UK. So they implemented the chip and pin cards as a very, very secure thing, right? So without the PIN, you cannot actually do the payment. And what they did, all of them, all of the banks, they changed their um, business conditions, saying uh, you can only uh, claim a loss if you can prove that it was not you 
but someone else abusing your card. But actually, I have seen real hacks on the system already. So people have been able to hack these pin chip, chip and pin cards, not directly the chip, reading the chip, but, you know, since this, the entire system is so bad and so vulnerable, they've been just able to withdraw money uh, from those cards. And as a customer, you come to the bank and you get your claim declined. So what happened, uh, that you see a drop in the losses uh-huh. re- reported. <laughs> But, well, because they, they're socializing it to all the customers. Yeah, and, the, and they decline to pay the customers. Yeah. So they actually report the losses that they had to pay and they dropped. But the real losses did not drop, in my right. opinion. So, and this is just one... Probably increased, because then the bank employees could steal the money and the and the customers wouldn't be able to prove that it was the bank employees who did it, and so the claim would still get declined. That's true, yes. Yeah, and this is just one tiny little example of how they try to patch the broken system and they put patch over patch over patch and it's not going to to make it easier. The more you try to fix here... It's like a huge elephant, you know, uh, not, not able to move forward. Yeah, so we create a new system and uh, with new innovation. What, what is your favorite part about doing that? Like, what is your favorite part about Bitcoin? You know, the, the, the feedback from people. Whenever there is some order with a comment um, and our colleagues that, that process the stuff, they, they forward to the to the chat that we have and it's really really nice to see people thanking us and saying no bitcoin and treasure literally saved my life and we have stories like that and that's that those are the moments you say you know okay this this really makes sense this really feels good uh, there are people that have trouble with the current Uh, financial system, right? They, uh, for example, there was just recently a guy from UK, I think. Uh, he was an ex-soldier, uh, heavily injured, uh, and after the Brexit, he was really afraid to lose his money because of the new regulation that was on the table. And so someone told him, oh, you know what? Did you hear about Bitcoin? And he did not, so he went to a meetup. And someone told him, okay, get a treasure. And he got a treasure. And then he wrote us a huge email, like, thanking us, like, guys, I have never felt freedom and security at the same time. It was always either or. Right. So, yeah, these are the, you know, I'm, I'm not that much impressed by companies making huge VC investments. And I'm not impressed by, you know, corporations getting into blockchain stuff. I'm impressed by actual uh, real people. Yeah, touching real people's lives, yes. making a real difference. Yes. Well, it's been a wonderful interview. We've had Elena Vranova, CEO of Satoshi Labs. They create the Trezor. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Trez. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin Guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise spam the interwebs.
Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.